Isaiah 61 from verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the and the opening of prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn in Zion, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might that they might be called that we might be called the trees of righteousness the plantings of the lord that he might be glorified <clears throat> and we shall build up the old wastes and we shall raise up the former desolations and we shall repair the waste cities the desolations of many generations and strangers shall stand and feed our flock and the sons of the aliens shall be our plowmen and our vine dressers and we shall be named the priests of the lord men shall call on us the ministers of our god we will hit the riches of the gentiles and in their glory shall we boast ourselves hallelujah Last week we started to look at the as at faith, and last week's topic was now faith is. How many of us went back to listen to that message? If you did, wave your hands. I did, and I was the one that preached it. Hallelujah! Oh, somebody is arguing that she joined me in listening. Okay. If you say so. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not going to give a recap of last week. We are just going to continue this week. And we are looking at the dynamics of faith. And it is a good week. It's a good Sunday to look at faith again. Because. Hmm. How many of you have watched Passion of the Christ? How many of you can still watch it? What happens to you when you watch it? And to think that that movie doesn't completely capture what happened. You know how, how, how awful you feel when you watch it. You've seen those Jesus movies. One of the things I struggle to do is to watch when they are beating him. I, I can't. It's, it's too... My heart breaks every time I, I, I watch it. And to imagine that all of that was not for his own sins. You know, at least if you are paying for your sins, there's a, you know, there's a consolation if you misbehave and somebody slaps you. You will be like, well, take, you might argue, but when you get to the corner of your room, you'll be like, I probably, <laughs> probably deserved that. But to think he never deserved it. So let me start with my things this morning. One of the things I enjoy doing in the study of scriptures is not only the scripture itself, it's the, the things that surround it, the scenario. One of the best ways to study scripture is to study book by book. Because if you're able to understand the premise 
of why that book was written. It gives you an understanding into the mindset of the people that it was written to and why it was written to them. Their state that called for the writing of that book. You read the writings of Jeremiah, for example, and you have an understanding of how backsliding the nation was. He will shout, he will cry, he would lie on one side, he would lie on the other. All the signs you can think of, God used that man to give. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you know, all that kind of thing. Yet the people were stiff naked. Somebody was saying that, why was Samson that dumb? You know, dad was saying this week, like, was it two days ago? Like, how can somebody be so stupid? And one of his conclusions was that it was witchcraft, which is true. You know, one of my other conclusions is that the kind of wine they were drinking in those days was quite special. Have you ever thought of it? Look at all the instances in the Bible when people drunk wine and misbehave. Jacob got so drunk, they gave him Leah he didn't know. Lot got so drunk, he impregnated his two daughters, he was not aware. Noah got so drunk, he got naked and he, he couldn't curse his own son. He, he cursed his son's son. You've not noticed. He didn't curse the person that saw his nakedness, he cursed the son of the person that saw his nakedness. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord help us. So when we look at faith, we, we look at it in, from the highs of things that Jesus did for us. The fact that the found, I was saying last week that the foundation of our faith is the word of God. And one of the names of Jesus is the word of God. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that is the foundation of of faith. Faith both in the sense of the religion, which is not, I, I don't like calling Christianity a religion, but faith in the sense of, of the religion called Christianity and faith in the sense of the lifestyle called Christianity. So there is, there is the premise to know the person that brought us the faith. If you don't know him, then you, you have a serious struggle to take advantage fully, full advantage of the things he has brought. Unfortunately, many people want what Jesus has brought without caring much for the Jesus that brought it. Many people treat Jesus like Amazon delivery guys. How many of you know the name of the last guy that delivered the Amazon package? How many of you know? How many of you stopped to ask him, how are you doing today? Have you ever done it? How many of you have done it before? That the guy wants to deliver your package and you say, hey, bro, how are you doing today? You all right? Even the guy does not wait for conversation because that's not the premise of your relationship. Yet, if your package for some reason is delayed or it doesn't come or they package the wrong thing, what do you do? You go to the Amazon app and say, hey, can I have my refund? Come and collect your nonsense. That wasn't what I ordered. 
And many of us sometimes treat Jesus like that. All the blessings, all the goodies, all the provisions that he brought, we want. But the person that has brought them, you collect your package at the door and you close the door. Why do you think Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock? He's knocking because people have collected things and closed it. Ah, you don't need to come in. Just give me what you are holding. And stay outside. I want to be the supervisor and the Lord of my life. But I want to run my economy by the economy of the things that you have brought. It doesn't work that way. Nobody can go too far with God if it is just about the things he brings rather than who he is. You can't, you cannot, you cannot go too far with God. And that's the first thing we must take note. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. From verse 1 to the end. Who has believed our reports? And to whom is the harm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root heart of the dry ground he had no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is this this is jesus being described here he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sickness, our carried our sorrows. Another version of that verse says, Surely has borne our grief and our sorrows. Grief there actually means our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. He says, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before the shearer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And we shall declare his generation. For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, and he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear thy iniquities. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. So there is a justification that comes from the knowledge that Jesus has. But the problem now is that your own understanding of 
your own understanding of your justification comes from the transfer of the knowledge of that Christ has onto your person. So if there's the first point that you need to understand today is that there is a knowledge basis for faith. Faith does not exist in a vacuum. There, must, there is a basis to faith. That basis to faith is the word of God. And it is two sides. There is, there is the basis of faith of in terms of the knowledge of the word of God in terms of the person. But there is also in terms of what has been spoken or written of the person. And there is what the person is saying at the moment. There's a difference between your wife and what your wife is saying to a particular situation. You might say you know your wife very well. But in the court of law, you cannot just say you know your wife. You, there must be something that your wife has said that qualifies as evidence have you if you say if it's ah, lord help me if you say you know someone you might yes you might really really know the person but you cannot say the person said what they didn't say it doesn't matter how much you know that person you will be lying if you say the person said what they didn't say one of the reasons why the faith of many people do not work is that they are they don't even know if Jesus said anything about that thing that they are talking about. And one the principle of God, of the kingdom of God works by knowledge. If you don't know, it you cannot go far accidentally triggering the promises of God. How many promises of God are you going to accidentally trigger? Because it, sometimes because sometimes people stumble into things. But if it is that you have stumbled into certain experiences in God, how are you going to repeat that experience? Do you understand me? So many times people stumble into an anointing. Maybe something happened, they, at, they ended up in a meeting and the servant of God was working and just laid hand on them randomly. And now something has come on them. And they don't know. So maybe one day they just go, they are just going and they do something. And it is something that they normally won't be able to do before. Now they are sitting there wondering, how did this happen? Now the problem is they have re received an anointing that they have no understanding of. So they are not able to tend it. So if you are not able to tend it, how is that anointing supposed to grow? If God called, if God has given you the elite anointing, or for example, what are the practices that are supposed to sustain that healing anointing? If you don't know them, that healing anointing will wane until one day it will be like God never anointed you. So as children of God, one of the things we must thirst for is the knowledge that sustains the life that Jesus has given to us. God is intentional. God is not God. Jesus didn't just die randomly. You see how many how many promises, how many scenarios that Jesus fulfilled by his death. There were things in the life of Jesus that Jesus himself could not control. For example, I'm speaking of Jesus as a man now. 
You know, normally speaking, human beings don't get to choose who their mother is. Jesus, of course, Jesus being God, he chose. But normally speaking, as a baby, he couldn't he, he couldn't decide where the mother took him to. For example, it wasn't Jesus that decided to go to Egypt. He didn't wake up one morning and start walking at at maybe nine months old and say or at two years old and say, Let's go to Egypt. It wasn't up to him, even though he was the son of God. It was that God sent an angel to come and tell his father, who was responsible for him, and say, Take that son, my son, take him to Egypt. And when they were coming back, and when when Joseph realized, oh my God, yes, Herod has died, but Herod's son is in place, and you know the guy is like a, a chunk of his old father. So he ran away and ran to Nazareth. And in the process of doing that, Jesus became a Nazareth. Jesus didn't make those decisions, but as Jesus as Jesus's life unfolded, you will start to see scenarios where Jesus deliberately did something. To fulfill what was written about him. It was Jesus that said, go and bring that court. The Jesus that was running around, hiding so that they wouldn't make him king. Okay. Ended up being the same Jesus that said, go and bring a donkey I want to ride. So Jesus already knew everything that was written about him. And Jesus was consciously fulfilling putting himself in positions to fulfill the things that were written about him. Who forced him to say on the cross, I thirst? Who forced him to say it is finished? But he knew that those were things he had to, those were pronouncements he had to make. So it didn't matter how much the suffering was. Jesus still opened his mouth to say those things because if he didn't say them, it would not be finished. So there is the place where you have to trust the Holy Ghost for direction. Where the Holy Ghost says, do this now, do this now, do this now. But there is also the place of where what you know guides what you do. How many times, how many of you can differentiate the voice of the Holy Ghost and the voice of your spirit? How many of you can tell the difference? The reason why many people cannot tell the difference most times is because the Holy Ghost doesn't talk that much most times. Many times the Holy Ghost talks through your own regenerated spirit. So the voice you hear that tells you things to do is many times the voice of your own spirit. You understand? So when you say, ah, God doesn't talk to me, but, but deep down here, something says, don't eat that food today. Don't do it. It is the Holy Ghost in your own spirit that is telling you what to do, but it is the voice of your spirit you are hearing, not the voice of the Holy Ghost. And as you, as you, as you yield, as you yield, as you yield, the day will come when you would actually be able to tell when something is coming from the Holy Ghost Himself or when it is coming from your spirit. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Is that what the Bible says? Is that not what the Bible says? But where does the Spirit of God live? Every interaction of the Spirit of God would only be with your spirit. It is, it is, it is extraordinary for you to hear the voice of God in your ears. You, do you understand me? It is, it is, it is not the normal thing. For example. Maybe you've heard men of God say that maybe they've heard the audible voice maybe once or twice, twice in their entire lives. 
Imagine if, if that is now how you are waiting to hear God, to understand him, you will wait forever. There are, of course, there are certain abilities that come maybe by virtue of the office that God has called you to. For example, if God has called you to the teaching office, there is the tendency that you just be understanding scriptures. The scripture will just come to you and you just understand it. But you must not confuse that with your own personal study of the word. Because what then happens is that you teach by the anointing, but your own life is not profitable because it is not mixing with your own faith. Because now you are teaching with the... You know when the anointing comes, sometimes you don't need faith. The anointing comes with a kind of boldness that will make you say things that you would normally not say. And at that point, you are not really operating by your own faith. You are operating by the gift and by the deposit of the anointing. But then, in your own personal life, you will need that same word to mix with faith to produce something in you. So you see somebody going around saying, God bless you, God bless you, and people are getting blessed. And the person that is saying, God bless you, is suffering. You've not seen it before. You've not seen people wearing glasses and they are praying for people and their own eyes are open. And yet, you that you are praying, your own glasses is, 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 is like a bad Macaulay's glasses. You understand? When, the reason that is, is because sometimes God now comes and says, that anointing that I've put on you for others can work for you. But other times, God would expect that the way those people came trusting, and then God did something. You also, the carrier of the anointing, will also come trusting like the people you are praying for. Such that you don't be like a version of Samson. That when the anointing comes, you are fire. When the anointing goes, Satan will slap you black and blue. So the, the, the dynamics of faith is that we must have an understanding that God, there is nothing that happens to a man that Jesus did not demonstrate superiority over. There is nothing that can happen to you ever that Jesus has not demonstrated superiority over. Number two is that we, 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 we of course, we know that Jesus healed, he restored, he walked on water, he casted out demons, he preached raised the dead and he himself was raised from death the worst thing that can happen to a man is that the person will die and not only did jesus raise other people from death even he himself rose from the dead to demonstrate complete superiority over death the other thing is that everything we pass through in life is nothing more than a variation or, or an interpretation of the things that Jesus already overcame. You can say, well, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. My friend, it is the same set of problems disguised in different ways, disguised in, with different actors this time, and maybe different levels of sophistication. But baseline, it is still the same. And if Jesus conquered them then, Nothing. The devil didn't suddenly develop new technology that Jesus didn't take care of. Jesus took the keys and that was the end of it. Jesus, the devil cannot invent anything. You know, I wrote here that the, the provisions of, of the Lord <laughs> forgive the biologist I wrote that the, the provisions of the Lord, they, they are not like antibiotics. 
you know that antibiotics, there comes a point when you abuse it, it won't work for you. How many of you used chloroquine as children? How many of you moved on from chloroquine to something else? What happened? Why? Apart, no, apart from the fact that chloroquine is very bitter. You had the reactions to it. And at some point, it wasn't working for you again. You will take chloroquine this week, and in two weeks, you will... F- you understand? And then you started to combo them. Maybe you had fancy down with, you know, help me, oh, you people, help me. Help my ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you, you combo certain things. Because is it not the same enemy you are fighting? What happened to that enemy? Exactly. But the good thing is that there is nothing in this world that can build resistance to Jesus. That's why he has given him a name that is above every other name. That at the, You know he didn't say at the mention of the name of Jesus. I don't know where we added that part. That passage does not include the word mention. It says at the name Philippians 2. Verse 9, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, he didn't say at the mention of the name of Jesus. And the, if, you, if you understand that the Bible is very deliberate in, in speech, he said at the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is both a, a, a declaration. The name of Jesus is also a location. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. Let's, one day we'll maybe look at that. Also, we know that Jesus is irresistible. His, his sacrifice is perfect. His payment is complete and it is finished. It is finished. And that, that should be our declaration about anything. We shouldn't be heaving and sighing and weeping. It is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant that that thing you are crying about 2,000 years after is still finished. It's still finished. And this is this is one of the reasons we we learn faith. If you look at, let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. I want us to read the passages, even though we know them. It says, for verily I say unto you that whatsoever whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he sees shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he said and does not doubt in his heart what you know you know the the worst thing about doubt is that doubt 
calls into question the integrity of God. That is the worst thing about it. That you you call the name of God and you doubt whether God can do what you know that he, what you are saying he should do. Then you are calling to, into, into, into question the integrity of God. You are calling to question the willingness of God. So when God says, I will do this, and you are saying, Lord, can you do this? And then you are thinking, will God actually do it? You are doubting his ability. You are doubting his willingness. You are doubting his word as he says he will do what he said he will do. So it is, it is one of the greatest insults that anybody can give to God is to doubt what God has said to you. And many, many times doubt comes when you start to take your focus off the one that said it and now you are looking at yourself. You know what many of us do that makes us doubt? We look at ourselves in relation to the problem. So rather than looking at that problem in relation to God, if you are doing size comparison, we, we, we consciously and sometimes unconsciously do size comparison. So you look at the size of the problem and you look at yourself and you look at all the resources available to you and you conclude that, hey, this thing is not, this thing is not looking favorable. Whereas if you look at that thing to God, it will not be an issue. So many times when you now start when you start fretting and doubting, you, you are acting as if it's you that you are going to do it. You are assuming the position of the creator of the thing that you are asking for. It is also one of it is, that, that is one of the basis of the fear that we have, many of us have as children of God when it comes to laying hands on the sick or going out and proclaiming the word of God. Are you going to save them? Is it you? If the person doesn't get saved, what is your own? What is your command? Your command is go ye. The Lord was teaching me something this week. It is not every time that the gospel is preached that the aim is transformation. Sometimes when the gospel is preached, the aim is information. So that that person, when the person faces God, the person will not come back and say, I did not hear. So whether, when you are going to preach, whether the, whether the overall, what, whether it is transformation that will happen or information that will happen, everything starts from information anyway because the person must first know and then respond to what they have heard. If they respond, fantastic. If they, you've read Revelations. The Bible says the angel went and, and, and preached the eternal gospel. But then people turn around and say, angels don't preach. Who told you? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the angel went and... The problem is we have defined... The way we have defined gospel has almost limited the people that can preach the gospel. But if we do... what If you look at every instance where gospel was mentioned in one way or the other, you will realize that the gospel can reach people through... Many means when you when people now say uh, somebody that that lives in the remote forest of 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 where was the remote Siberia, 
and that person dies and they did not hear the gospel oh, is god not guilty why you how do you know they didn't hear you are the one that said they didn't hear how do you know they didn't hear <laughs> a, a servant of god a servant of god a servant of god went to preach somewhere one day and a man met him and said i know you and the man said where do you know me and the man said that you were preaching on the streets so 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 and so city that was where i met you and i got saved the man of god said i've never been there ah, it's you he said it's not you and then the only goes to mind is that he had a vision he was praying in his house one day so he had a vision of himself preaching on the streets he thought it was a vision but it was not a vision because the person he preached to that day found him some weeks after i said it was you that was preaching on the street when i got born again and the man said i had a vision it's not a vision he was there but he thought he was in his room praying if god made him meet that person so that he would god was teaching him supernatural hey I, I don't want to start some some stories I have heard that have helped my faith in 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 certain ways that helps me that have helped me to believe for the maddest of the maddest things. But yeah, let's just the Lord help us in Jesus' name. But just know, it, sometimes it is good to listen to the things that God is doing in our days. How many of you read the article that Pastor Pussy posted in the group about the Ashbury? Uh, how many of you heard of the Ashbury revival? How many of you went to read about it? You realize that wasn't the first time it was happening in that place. Over the years, they've had heartbreaks like that. When you hear something, don't just stay with what. Go and find out other things about what you have heard. It is impossible for us to learn everything we need to prosecute life in church. We meet on Sunday. Even if, you know, in the book of Acts, they met every day. We meet Sunday, Wednesday, and the weekend meetings and all that. It, it, that would never be enough for the kind of life God wants us to live. That all those, Just consider whatever you hear on Sunday. and we, Consider them promptings. Consider them key points. Consider them helpers of your joy. Because there is so much more in God. But what one of the things God now does is he gives people certain experiences to help you bolster what you are learning. You might be reading something in scriptures and suddenly somebody says something about it somewhere. And it helps your understanding of that thing you had been studying. Let me ask you a question. Philip was in the chariot with the eunuch, right? And then they found water and the man said, ah, what is stopping me from getting baptized? And they got baptized. And Philip vanished. What do you think Philip's vanishing did for the faith of that man? What do you think he did to his faith? That somebody could speak of things and right in that instance there is a manifestation of the things he spoke about. That's why the Bible says the eunuch went home rejoicing. He had not only had, 
he had somebody that was explaining what you were struggling with and then the person peer god only so that's why we also must not discuss as much as i like to teach and say these are the principles of the kingdom of god these are the you must never discount the sovereignty of God to just come and step foot in your situation all by himself. That it won't be because you prayed. It will just because God just decided this is what I am going to do. Because what? Because I am God. We must never discount. It's one of the mistakes that we've made in the body of Christ such that we have two sides. There is the side that it is manifest. If there is no manifestation, God did not come to church that day. There is the side that we insist that it is the word, it is the word, it is the word. But it is both the word and the spirit. And the spirit must have freedom to do whatever the spirit wants to do. Is why one of the greatest enemies of church actually is time. It's time. I was I was watching a, 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 somebody preach one day, and the person was preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching, and the person said, "The Lord, the Lord, um, the Lord called him. The Lord told him that he gave another call and said somebody needed to come out and they, 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 the person will be healed or what's doing them. And then the person said, well, the reason God healed you is so that I can identify you because there is a message that God actually wants me to tell you. So God heals the person as a marker. He said, yeah, come outside. Now let me tell you. And as the person was about to say what the Lord said, he looked at the time and the timer had gone off. And because it is not your house, you must respect time. If they give you one hour, when you get to 59 minutes and 50 seconds, whatever you, the rest of whatever you need to say, put it in your back pocket and go home. Because it is not, it is, when you go to another man's house, you must respect the order in that house. I cannot come to your house and if, if I come to your house and put my foot on your, on your sofa, and put my leg on the, my head on the floor, my foot on your sofa. How many of you will be happy about it? Most of you will not tell me because you say, ah, this is our pastor, let's just, and he will be going to his house soon, so let's tolerate him for one hour. But you won't be happy. But have you not done it before in your own house? Sometimes you're on your rug, and you decide to put your feet up. Did anybody come and, why? Because it is your house. But if somebody else came and did the exact same thing, you see the problem. And so the man, once the man of God saw that the timer went off, he dropped the mic and went. Yes. Because if you if you exceed time, there's a good chance they might not invite you next time. Who, who, who lost that day? Who lost that day? The person that God healed, but didn't even get to hear what the reason for which they were healed. That's the person that got that lost that except maybe they now find a way to get the message across. But sometimes if the, a message that is delivered on the other anointing is not the same as God will help us in Jesus. And so when we talk of the dynamics of faith, we talk that I looked up the word dynamics. It talks of mechanism, it talks of inner workings, it talks of forces, it talks of levels, it talks of aspects and all that. And if you are talking of the mechanism of faith, it speaks of the system that makes faith possible in the first place. 
If you look quickly at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you go to verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. There are two things there that are like the mechanisms of faith. Number one is the spirit you have received. Number two is the knowledge of the things that have been freely given to you. The, if you don't know the things that are freely given to you, then there is nothing to have faith about. Do you understand me? If you don't know that it has been provided for you, then there is no basis for faith. So number one is the spirit that even brings you to a position to be able to exercise faith. And then the second thing is the knowledge of the things that have been freely given to us. Underline the word freely. Because many, many times as children of God, we, 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 we tend to act as if there are things we still need to do to qualify for those things. Whereas Jesus did everything needed for you to qualify for those things. I've told us the, 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 the parable of the prodigal son before. Throughout that story, that man was still referring to the prodigal son as son. He was still son. At some point, he said, this dead son of mine, even when he considered the boy dead, boy was still son. So you must understand that there are some things that are yours by consequence of being son. Because Jesus, because God is your father, there are things that you qualify for. You, you don't need... Um, King Charles is there now. Imagine if William wakes up one morning and says, Oh, I need to go do some charity work. I hope to God there will be security available. And he goes to his father and says, uh, excuse me, sir. And he's, 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 he goes to his door and he's just doing like, and, and Prince Charles says, what's your problem? He said, I need to go and do some work today. Okay. I, are you sure that there will be security available where I'm going? What do you think King Charles will say to him? Uh, are, you, are you okay? <laughs> do you need to sleep some more? Because it is not a question. Some things in God, they are not a question. Many, many things that we pray about, so they are not even up for debate. Lord, as I'm going now, let your presence go with me. Where did you put the Holy Ghost inside you when you are going out? Did you leave him at home? Did, no, answer me. The reason we, we do some of this is because we actually don't walk in the consciousness of the presence of God. If you know that he's in the car with you, he's on the train with you, he's on the bus with you, he's at work with you, he's in the toilet with you. So what, is, what kind of prayer is, Lord, as I'm going, let your presence go with me? No. I carry... if. You should be like, when I enter this place, God has entered. It is a knowing. It's not just information in your mind. It has to be a... Con when I say knowing, when the Bible uses the word knowing, every time you see knowing, 
first think of it as information and think of when Bible says, and Adam knew his wife. You understand that that kind of knowing was not, oh, that's my wife. Her name is Eve. It was the kind of knowing that made babies. So when, 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 when the Bible talks of knowing, it is, it, it's an intimate understanding, an experiential you could have said, the Bible could have said, and Adam experienced his wife. Abina. So, knowing scripturally is, 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 a, is beyond the information in your mind. Many people don't go beyond the information. They don't allow it. That's why the Bible says the word they had. The Bible didn't say they didn't hear. It said the word they had. The Bible acknowledged that they had, but it said it did not profit them. Why? Because he did not mix with faith in their heart. That is the transformation. Of, that is the next level. Many of us have heard enough sermon. If I, I'm sure all of us here, if somebody says all the things you have written down since you became a Christian, come and be preaching them one by one. You won't finish preaching them till Jesus comes. Some of you can go and bring your daughters from 2010. And if you decide to start preaching all those things one but you will not finish them. This is not the first. How many of you are hearing about faith for the first time? And it's not going to be the last time. Because we have to keep saying, because you think, <laughs> you think people have heard until the situation comes and demonstrates that they, did, you know, they didn't hear the last five times you said it. You know, I was, I was, I was just thinking about it. That is, it's amazing. That someone like um, Reverend Kennedy Hagen, who spent his entire life preaching faith, how many times? In my wonder, how many times can you? How many? In how many ways can you say the same thing? That Billy Graham would go and the only message is you should just be born again. Did you see? Did you see Riyad Bonke preaching? Uh, supernatural dimensions. Did you hear him say? What did you hear him say? Be born again. Be born again. And people spent 60 years of their life saying the same thing every time. You would think people heard. <laughs> Some people heard, though. A lot of people heard. And, but, but the beauty of, of, of people like that is the... Is the things they leave behind. Because he may have preached that faith for 55, 60 years, but maybe you heard the one he preached in 1935. Somebody hears the one he preached in 1972. Either way, people are hearing. So the issue will not be hearing. For many children, it's not an issue of it. It is that when you had, what did you do with what you had? If you see, if, if like I'm talking to us about faith now, the way to do anything with it is to say, okay, Lord, this faith we are talking about, I am going to exercise it this week. And you will insist. Let, whether it is rain or sunshine or high water, you will insist. <laughs> Somebody said, um, e e e. He, I think it was Archbishop Bidausa or something like that. I can't remember correctly. But there was someone that, that just heard the word of God about healing and just mm. believed it and just said, ah, 
And then he found the first person, laid hands, nothing happened. And he found the second person, laid hands, nothing happened. I think it was Sandra that was preaching that <coughs> when God was dealing with him about things like this, he had healing line. So he had about, you know, those healing line in those days, maybe they have like 20 people on the line. Lay hands on the first one, nothing. Second one, nothing. Third one, nothing. Go to num- he said when he got to number 10, something happened. You know the faith it takes to keep going when you lay hand on crippled, nothing, uh, lame, nothing, this, nothing. No- when he got to the 10th one, then something happened. He said, oh, now we're going to start again. <laughs> now he started from number one. And this time, bam, get up, bam, get up. That is how faith works. You will look like, if you are not ready to look like an idiot, don't even, don't even start. Because a, a good part of faith is what you say. So you are going to say things that people, you will look like an absolute fool. When, when we say here that we are going to buy houses without mortgages, how many of you in your heart of heart think, am I an idiot? I don't really look like idiots like this. But, the, but faith is that you will believe it even when it sounds absolutely impossible. That you are, you, you are looking at your bank account and you are thinking, hey, 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 the money here is for, is for transport this week. Next week is up to God. <laughs> even at that point, you are still going to say, Lord, in this country, I am going to buy houses. I was speaking to somebody. Uh, not too long ago, and the person said that he heard something that shocked him. So in one neighborhood I was living one time, and he said he was speaking to a man, and and the man said, guess how many houses I have in this neighborhood? And and you know, if somebody says guess how many houses I have in this neighborhood, okay, what, what number would pop into your head? Ten to you know how many houses he had in the neighborhood? 70. Sev- one man. 70 houses in the same neighborhood. I said, have they named the neighborhood after him? Because that's the only thing that is left. The man owns the neighborhood. 70 houses in the same area. Human beings. But if God gives you an estate, you would have more than 71 instant. There is nothing that God cannot do. So while we apply the principles of faith, there must be that... See, one way to appease God is to appease to his sense of extravagance. God is not... Write it down. There must be a part of you that always appeals to the extravagant side of God. Where you know that, normally you know that if you do, if you follow this principle and you follow that instruction, you will get this result. But there must be that point portion of you that leaves room for the magnanimous nature of the God you serve. Such that even when you have done one, and you have done one plus one, and that normally the answer, spiritual, according to spiritual principle, give and it shall be given unto you, is what the Bible says. Now you have given the little you can. But you must not, you must not now think that what you will get back is little. 
why can't you get gazillions for the 1,000 you gave? Why not? Why not? What does it take? Why not? We must always, we must always leave that room for God to just show himself. Like, let me just show that I am God in your life. Regardless of, of how little you have. Your five pounds can be the reason God gives you a harvest of a million pounds. You don't have to think, I have to give 50,000 pounds for God to ever consider to give me a million. Your five pounds might be the reason he would bless you in mad ways like that. Jesus was at the temple one day, was looking at offerings. You know what, you know, you know what it means for Jesus to just go and perch and say, I'm even going to watch your offerings today. <laughs> and then everybody gave. Joseph Warimathia gave, Nicodemus gave, Caiaphas gave, Adias gave, and all that. And Jesus said, who gave the most? They were like mentioning all the big men in the city. He said, no, that woman that gave too much, she gave all she had. All she had. If there's any level of sincerity we must have with God, it is that level of sincerity that says, Lord, you know me. You know my strength. You go and read the letters to the churches. I know that you have little strength. Jesus acknowledged that their strength was small. Yet, they ended up with a commendation. I know that your strength is small. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, if you, like, I was defining what dynamics means, and I said it, it also speaks of the inner workings of faith. And that, the inner workings of faith speaks of the alignment of what the Lord has done, of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. That alignment between what Jesus has done and what you now do. You notice that Jesus would say things like, I see my father walk, therefore I walk. I only do the things that I see my father do. There is no exercising of faith outside the boundaries of God. If you, you can call it faith if you like, but it is not faith according to Jesus. There is nothing, you cannot exercise faith outside the boundaries of scriptures. That's why I said things like knowing what is freely given to you. If it, you, if it has been given to you, you have a right to it. If it has not been given to you, Acts chapter 1. six says when they were come together they asked of him saying lord will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to israel the people asking this question were his disciples the same one he had taught for three years you will realize that at this point you will think that a lot of transformation would have happened in their life but at this point the Jewishness still showed. 
Because one of the problems that the Jews had with Jesus was that you say you have all this power, you can't liberate us from the Romans. So when Barabbas, the thief, the Bible says he was a murderer. What happened was that Barabbas, another version calls him an insurrector. What he did was that he tried to lead an insurrection against the Romans. So he, he tried to kick the Romans out of their rulership over the Jews. In the process, obviously, you he killed a few Romans. Abi, you if you are trying to get rid of the people, there's a good chance you have to kill. So he got a band of men, they killed a few. Eventually, the Roman army was too strong for him. They caught him and they jailed him. So when they now came and say, which one do you want? Jesus or Barabbas? The question was, this one has power, he did nothing. At least this one tried. I, yes, that was the, it was it wasn't just of course spiritually Jesus had to die, but some of the political because many things in the spirit play out in our natural political. So it, it played out in politics like uh, uh, at least there is hope with Barabbas. Maybe next time he will succeed. So let's release Barabbas. Jesus kill that guy. He's only here for himself. Every time he will say his kingdom is not for you. He should go back to where his kingdom is from. So they killed Jesus. And now Jesus, this was now Jesus had risen. He had risen now. He has all, all powers belong. And now they're having a conversation. And he says, and then they came back with the same issue that the Jews that killed Jesus had. They said, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? What did Jesus say? He said, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power. As humans, there are things about God that are sealed and outside your jurisdiction. You can exercise faith all you want. Those things, you are not going to access them. If anything, it is Satan that would, Satan that would come and minister one or two things to you. Did you hear one of the testimonies in the morning? Where the child woke up at 12 in the middle of the night and they said, go and shower. He went and showered. Carry your bag. Put on your uniform. Put everything. And at the last minute when the child was going to go open the door, the Lord killed. I, I, you don't go to... You understand? But I've also seen people that that is how they lost their lives. I know someone that till today that is where their misbehavior came from. Because the person, a spirit appears to the person and says, you see that burial ground there? Just wake up in the middle of the night and start walking towards it. And the person went. And since then, their malfunctioning has been legendary. You, uh -uh. Daddy told us the story of the lady that said she was having supernatural encounters. And then Jesus finally cared and said, ah, I love you so much, I want to sleep with you. And she agreed. And she has been mad since. She's probably dead now. People like that, you say, can't you help them? <laughs> you cannot help people outside of their will. Unfortunately, when people have done things with their will, that now takes that will outside of their hands. Except God... Except God decides to be sovereign in that matter. It's done. 
it is done. It's finished. When you willingly choose something, when you once you you know, we've been learning these things. When you open your house to someone, you have given the person legal rights to do certain things in your house. When you when you open your life to someone, how come the husband is so powerful over the wife? The wife is so powerful over the husband. The husband might know how to shout, but the wife might might be the one that knows how to get things done. Different people, and yet they are exercising influence over each other. You've seen wisdom of the world that ah, if your husband is misbehaving, you just decide you won't sleep with him. You've not heard that wisdom before. It's a wisdom of the world now. Like so, like a good dog, when he has done well, you reward him. <laughs> when he has not done well, you withhold from him. And then it will do you like film the day the man comes with a younger version of you. We would have those conversations at some point. There are some things that you there are things you don't weaponize. Because if you weaponize, there's a good chance that weapon will eventually shoot you yourself. Lord bless us in Jesus' name. So there are also forces that help our faith. I'm just going to mention a few as we begin to round up. Number one is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 to 12. These are forces that contribute to faith. You are not going to get anything done in faith if it is not by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two is the Holy Spirit himself. John 14 verse 16. When they say, who is the Holy Ghost? Just think of the Holy Ghost as God and Jesus on your inside. The Holy Ghost is Jesus on your inside. That is who he is. Simply. Number three, and, and the thing about the Holy Ghost is that you, there is something about having to first swallow God before you can behave like God. You have to first. That's why one of the first things we, we God did was to, you know, that's what the new birth is. Is that you are now born of the order of God, and if you are born of the order of God, you have the capability to act like God. If you are not born of the, that's why it is difficult for sinners to live the straight and the narrow. Because they are not born of God. So that nature of God is not in them. So you're asking them to do things that they do not have the capacity to do. So it is a waste of time to be querying why a sinner is sinning. It is in his... If he doesn't sin, what is he supposed to do? Babies would be babies. They don't care where you find the food. When they want food, food must appear. It is the, where the food comes up is, comes from is your own problem, not their own, because that is the nature of baby. If myself now, if I sit down and start crying for food now, what will you say? You will lay hands on me and say, "We rebuke the devil <laughs> in Jesus' name." So there are things that you, by nature you do. There are things that by nature you are. You are a child of God. A child of God does not sin. It doesn't when when Apostle John is saying things like a child of God, we don't sin because we are children. It's not that we cannot sin. It is that we don't sin 
as in we don't live in sin as a lifestyle. So there's a difference between somebody that told a lie and your conscience is scrambled such that you're like, oh my God, what have I done? And the person that's just like, well, we did what I had to do. And then the next time they lie, well, it was necessary. Next time they lie, it's none of their business. So I told them whatever. No. Then it takes a, you know, it takes courage to tell the truth. You know, it is easier to lie than to say, well, I don't want to tell you that thing you're asking. You know what I mean? Somebody at work comes to you and asks you certain questions. And honestly speaking, you feel this is not their business. But sometimes it might be easier to just give them one story that doesn't add up than it is to actually look the person in the eye and say, well, I'm not going to tell you. That is the boldness that comes with being a child of God. And, and you know, we, we have to be... Wise as serpents, gentle as doves. A, 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 a dove is so gentle, it doesn't even have gallbladder. So there's no bitterness in a dove. So you must be able to apply wisdom and not be sad about it. You must be able to apply, you must follow peace. As, that's why the Bible says, as much as possible, follow peace. You know that's how it says it. As much as possible. <laughs> that means there are cases where <laughs> it might not be possible. But let it not be that the battles you get into are battles that, like Daddy said, let it not be that the battles you get into are battles that, are, that don't bring glory to God. What is the point? You know, one of the things people say is, I don't care if anybody likes me. You are lying. There is, I mean, have you seen someone that doesn't want to be liked? Have you seen it before? It, you, it is, what happens is that we are more conscious of the people that we want them to like us. So you want the approval of your father. You want the approval of your brother. You want the approval of your husband. You want the approval of your wife. You have people that their opinions really, really matter to you. If, if, if a madman meets you on the street and says, I hate you, what will you do? <laughs> You understand? If your wife walks up to you and says, this man, I hate you. Oh, you do. Oh, so everybody's quiet now. Because that one hits different, huh? You know, it's a, you know, it's a different thing. Because by virtue of the person it is coming from. So everybody wants to be liked. So don't, don't be of that group of people that say, I don't care if anybody likes me. They lie. Even Satan wants to be liked. Bible says even Satan transforms into angel of light. If it needs to come in a way that it will be acceptable to you. Uh, if Satan turns up in your in your room looking like a dragon, whatever he's trying to sell, you won't buy now. No matter, no matter, you won't even wait. To, you won't wait long enough to hear what he's about to say. You will scream the name of Jesus until he vanishes. So it's not going to come and like, say so it's going to come in the form of that man or that woman or that offer or that because even Satan wants to wants to be liked. Hallelujah. So the other thing is the blood of Jesus. They overcame him. <clears throat> they overcame. Uh, let me read Revelations chapter twelve. 
Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. If you read verse 17 again, it says, And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnants of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Of all the things that we have said, probably the most important aspect or the most relevant aspect to our walk of faith is our testimony. Now that you have heard everything, now what do you say? If you look at, let me give you a few verses. If you look at Second Peter 3, 11, it speaks of the kind of men that we ought to be. If you look at Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you look at Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If you look at 2 Corinthians 4, let's read that one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Of all the provisions that God has for you, one of the, the most critical part of the work of faith is what is your testimony? What do you say about what the Lord has said? God has said it. Wonderful. But what do you say about what God has said? If you go quickly to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom, whom do men say that I am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say you are Elias, and others Jeremiah, and, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the Keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You will notice that the next level of revelation of the ministry of Peter or the standing of the church did not come until they said, Until Jesus said, Who do you? Say that I am. It is in what we say of what God has said about us that we're able to actually appropriate that thing into our lives. 
it doesn't matter that Jesus said you are healed. If you don't say you are healed, you are not going to be healed. It doesn't matter that God says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. If you don't open your mouth to receive the offer of salvation, you will not be saved. This is the reason why the whole world is not automatically saved, even though Jesus died for the sins of everybody on this planet. There has to be a witness from you. There has to be a testimony from you. This is, yes, the blood of the Lamb, but what do you say of the blood of the Lamb? Why do you, what do you say of the name of Jesus? What do you say of the promises of God? What do you say of that thing that God has shown you? Many of you, you've had dreams of powerful things. How many of you have had dreams of powerful things that God has said about you? How many of you have had visions? How many of you have gone back to confess those things? How many of you wrote them down? And how many of you have gone back to say, Lord, you are, you, I, you, you are the one that showed me this when it was not looking like it? How many of you have gone back to confess it? If it is in that confession that you begin to say that you agree with it. God has shown you. But God is not expecting you to consciously accept. Many things you dream about, many of the visions you see, they are not always set in stone. They are predicated on your acceptance of what God is offering. God is always in the business of showing people what he wants to make of them. He might not show you how you will get there, but he will show you things that he wants to do of your life. He looked at Abraham one day and said, Abraham, uh, get out of your kindred, get out of your family to a land that I will show you. And Abraham went. At some point, when Lot left him, he said, lift up your eyes. Can you see the stars? This was at a time when the man had no child. God was talking to a childless man that I will give you children as the stars of the sky. To a childless man. But he believed. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. What do you believe? Every faith believes. But faith goes beyond believing. Faith speaks. How do you know you agree? Uh, guys, when you were getting married, when they said, Do you, Taiwo? Take Oluwashew and they put the mic in front of your mouth and you go. And the pastor said that was fine. What did they say? You open your mouth. With your own mouth, you will confess <laughs> what you are about to do. You, you just don't nod your head. Nobody will accept that you nodded your head. You would open your mouth and say, yes, I do. So that we will know that it was by your own mouth that you tied your with with somebody they will shove mic in your mouth like this. Say it so that everybody can hear. That with your own mouth you have entered contract. <laughs> but the same way that marriage contract is binding because you said yes, I do, is the same way whatever God is bringing your way will be binding because you said, Lord, I agree. Lord, I believe. Lord, I agree. Lord, I believe. Lord, I agree. Lord, I believe. 
Lord, you said this is possible. I agree that it is possible through me. Lord, you said that this is available. If it is available like you said, I want it. And I receive it. That is the the biggest part of faith where we fail. Is in our is 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 in constantly letting letting God, ourselves, and the devil know that that thing God has said, I agree, and it is going to happen for me. How many of you in the last one week have just stood up and started to just confess things that you want? That is how to live. That even when you are you are you are sitting in jail, like Paul and Silas. They were sitting in jail, but they, they weren't. Their minds were not in jail. They were sitting in jail. Their spirit was in heaven. You've read the story of Peter. Peter was not only sitting in jail; he was sleeping. They had tied him in the midst of soldiers. Tied him, and then the angel came and tapped him, and everything. Fell. And he thought he was seeing visions. He wasn't seeing visions. It was his deliverance in real time. There is a, you must always bear witness to what God has said. It doesn't matter that whatever situation you are in now does not look like it. Nobody cares. Don't care that it doesn't look like it. You can, they can literally, hey, there was, there was a, 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 one of these martyrs that they, they, they set him on fire and expecting the man to be shouting and crying. And they were threatening him with fire and all that and all that. And when he didn't even buy what they were selling, they set him on fire. You know, till that man died, all he did was sing hymns. You know, you know the kind of <laughs> of faith that refuses to give the enemy the satisfaction of hearing you scream. It was burning, burning flesh. They set him on fire, and he wasn't the first one to do it. Emperor Nero was like that. The one that eventually beheaded Apostle Paul was like that. He would hang Christians on poles in his garden, set them on fire. That was the lamp for him to enjoy his garden. How he enjoyed the smell of burning flesh. Of course he did because Satan was in him. And you will see the manifestation of that Antichrist spirit. I was reading certain things. And have you ever thought of why? Why hey, there is everything just know everything you see, everything that happens, there is a spiritual explanation for it. You might not understand, but there is a spiritual explanation for it. That somebody was removed and the next person became prime minister, and somebody was removed and somebody there is it might look like it is because uh, this prime minister was loud mouthed and that one was stately. No. Succession plans happen in the spirit before they happen physically. Nothing you see. I've told us one of the reasons why World War II broke, why Germany went the way they went. There was a move of God in Europe. And when it was like a flame of fire leaping from city to city.
city, gets to Germany, and then the German church, being sophisticated, said we need to consider this move. It was like, you know when the Holy Ghost baptism first came, um, almost like if you speak in tongues, you are the devil's cousin, things like that. And there was a generation of ministers that suffered that thing because they got the Holy Ghost baptism. It was like that. It gets into Germany and the German church said, let us sit down and have a council and determine if this thing is of God. And when they are done, they are, you know all the professors of theology with their glasses on the tip of their nose. When they finished, they concluded that that move was, of, was not of God and they killed it. Less than a year later, Hitler rose. And you know, Hitler didn't kill only Christians. Killed Christians, killed Jews, and killed Germans. Because he was trying to purify their race. He didn't want a German with blemish. So if you, one, if, one, if you had one eye as a German, you are gone. You had one leg as a German, you are gone. But that's not even where I'm going. You notice that he transported all these people to Poland. You notice they didn't kill them where they took many of them from. They would try. Why Poland? I, I, I will leave it there. Why? <laughs> there, there is something about where those people were killed. They were systematically killed. They tell you they killed 6 million Jews. Some people actually believe that they killed 6 million, 600,066 million people. And this, they, it wasn't a, it wasn't a case of killing randomly. It was a case of killing systematically for a purpose. If the devil, one of the ways as children of God is that we are not as conscious of the spiritual as we should be. If you are, every day you should be creating with your mouth. You should be creating your own possibilities. There is a difference between your prayer time and creating your possibilities. There is a difference between fellowshipping with God. That it is, you wake up in the morning, you pray, you worship God, you read your Bible. That is you and God. When you finish, you are not supposed to take the strength and the grace you get from there to now wake up and say, I'm going out today, and this is what I expect to see. You understand me? You create your own possibilities. You are going to, I'm going to work today. No drama. I'm going to work today. Nobody will misbehave as long as I am there. I'm going to work today. I am going to get the bus on time. It's going to come back on time. My car will not misbehave. My children, nobody will come and say my, something happened to my son. We don't do that enough. And then we wonder why things happen to us randomly. It will happen because there is somebody that stepped out in the anointing of the devil that day and is looking to cause havoc somewhere. So many, many times we are sustained as children of God by the mercies and the sovereignty of God instead of acting like sons. Sons take responsibility. Sons, by act of faith, you declare and it will be established. Jesus was telling Peter, whatever you bind on heart is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on heart is loosed. That means if we are not doing any binding and losing, heaven is just staring at us that one day you wake up to who you are supposed to be. So who are you? And if you know who, are you, who you are, then the second question is, what are you doing by virtue of who you are? The life of faith does not keep quiet. 
if Jesus has had argued his case, you know that they would not have killed him. That's why the Bible said, like a sheep before the sharer, he opened not his mouth. If Jesus had, had given them reasons why he should not be killed, he would not have been killed. So he kept quiet. And many of us get, now get killed in, in, in metaphorical ways because we keep quiet. Jesus didn't keep quiet to die so that also, we also can keep quiet and be suffering. You cannot... You, you, it is, a, it, is tra- it is miscarriage of justice for two people to suffer for the same crime. So how could Jesus have suffered sickness? How could Jesus have suffered all these challenges for you? And you go right ahead and let the devil put it on you again. The devil is not lawful, so he's going to always do it, even though he does not have the legal rights to do it. But of course, the person with the legal rights does not even know the rights that they have. We, we, the life of faith is a life that refuses to be bullied. Maybe next week we'll look at it. Have the faith of God. Another version says have the God kind of faith. Another version says have the faith God. If you have the faith God, how does the faith God behave? You think God just keep quiet and just say everything's fine. If God himself does not keep quiet, how much more we? Rise up on your feet this morning. If the God you serve does not shut up, how much more you? We believe, therefore we speak. You didn't get born again in silence. You didn't, you, you didn't get born again and the person saying, repeat after me and just nodding your head. You repeated after the person. That's how you got saved. Now, But now that you got saved that way, why do you think you just get things in silence? If you keep quiet... Hey. Oh Lord, help me not to be quiet when I'm supposed to speak. Help me that I don't keep quiet while the devil is assaulting my destiny. I don't keep quiet when the devil is assaulting my children. I don't keep quiet when the devil is assaulting my career. Many, many times there is okay. Hey. One of the things the devil does is to hide the things he does. Wait, wait, before you pray, listen. One of the things the devil does is that he, he hides everything he does in logic. There would always be a logical explanation for that thing. Ah, it is because of cold that your child is falling sick. And it's, ah, it's, you know, allergies, allergies. How many of you had allergies growing up? You got the majority of you can't even remember. So why should you accept it for your own child? Why should you take it? Why should you take it? It will be logical. Ah, the person was overspeeding, that's why the car crashed. And it's you that is supposed to eat. Of all the people in the world, it was you that that overspeeding car found. They said they are going to cut jobs, and for some reason they cut your own too. They are sacking people and there for some reason they added you to the sack list. Oh, it's because the company was broke. You know, the brokenness of the company, did they not pay the CEO? 
If you keep quiet, you will suffer their fate. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Help me. <laughs> Help me. Help me. The Lord was saying when you get when they drag you in front of magistrates, he didn't say keep quiet and just take whatever he said. He said, Don't he said don't worry about what you will say. Because in that instance, the spirit will give you what to say. So even God does not expect you to keep quiet. Did Apostle Paul ever keep quiet in front of anybody till they cut off his head? He kept speaking. The grace to speak. The grace to speak what we believe. Many of us don't have believing problem. It is the speaking problem we have. We don't have it in our consciousness that we must open our mouths every day to create the possibilities that we want. I've told us, it is not an issue of whether God has taken care of it. Yes, God has taken care of it, but what is your testimony about what God has done? What is your testimony? What is your witness about what God has provided? Is it available? Are you claiming that that thing God generally provided? I have a portion in it and I receive my own portion. Are you praying? You are too quiet. Are you praying? Redodosa hange brande de diaco zuzima hande brete keveleas zuta brando shita haveletoski baratos yakaba. Tell the devil to take his hands off you. Take the, tell the devil to take his hands off what concerns you. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. What matters is what God said and which one you align with. Satan, take your hands off my children. Satan, take your hands off my wife. Take your hands off my business. Take your hands off everything that concerns me. Yes, Goshen was part of Egypt. But Goshen was not part of Egypt. You know what I mean? Goshen was geographically in Egypt. But Goshen lived by economy of heaven. Escadeli brado shata librando sketelis zaneskapai rodo shapa ligetoza. Faith speaks, faith speaks, faith speaks, faith speaks. Faith opens his mouth and declares. When you open your mouth and you declare, heaven is hearing, hell is hearing. But you, even you, your own spirit is also hearing. You are also convincing your brain. When you are opening your mouth to speak, you are aligning your thoughts. You are aligning your intellect. You are aligning your physical body with your spirit. We believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just take a minute to just declare what you want. That thing you want to see. Expansion. 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 Growth. Multiplication. Bigger than we have. In every way. In every shape. Roduski pakato librahan develetos kabai. Redusham bekatos kabam bele kabrato Jesus didn't die so that we can still have the experience of the world. Jesus didn't save us so that we can have the struggles of the world. Jesus didn't save us that we might be having the same challenges. If there's anything in your life that looks like what happens in the lives of the unsaved, 
today is the day to reject it. In the name of Jesus, I reject it. My experience, I cannot have Jesus and have the same experiences as those that don't have Jesus. Jesus is the difference. I reject it. In the name of Jesus, I reject it. In the name of Jesus, we reject it. We reject it. We reject it. We reject it. Our experiences cannot be like those of the world. Our experiences cannot look like those of the world. In the name of Jesus. Radoshke Pades. Embreto Kazuzi Paratosi Kabas. just if if the husband is here just give the cup to the husband if the husband is not here give the cup to the mother or the wife we are taking communion family by family so if you if you and your wife if you are here you grab a cup for the two of you if if it's you and your kids just grab a cup for yourself and your children just everybody just go by their family stand family by family Stand family by family. Let God know that in that family of you, that has prayed over the communion, so I'm not really going to pray. But just let God know that we stand as a family unit and we succeed. We stand as a family unit. and If there are things you are trusting God for, hold your hands and ask him. Hold your hands and ask him. If your mother here, just lay your hands on your. If you, if it's you and your child, lay your hands on your child. If it's husband and wife, hold your hands. Tell God those things you are trusting Him for. If you are joining online, do the same. There's no distance in spirit. Grab your communion elements, your bread and your wine, and begin to make demands because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the name of Jesus. These things we are trusting you for, they get done. 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 Brandos Kevenes, Zeto we've been fasting 40 days we've been fasting 40 days in the name of jesus we see the results of our fast we see results we see tangible results tangible results in the name of jesus zako Baruska Bantelete Bretekevenes. Make sure you're asking. Make sure you're asking. Make sure you're asking. Zeto Paleke, Jekoto Babelia, Rende Brentekevenes, Zelika Handekabahatoskebay, Radoshka Bambalata Brahatoskevenes, Redoski Palese, Mahan de Peleto Brehetoskebay, Rododose, Make Cotiana Mascapai, Rodo Shakaya Copa Cataligaba, Red. Tocabapa, 
Pedes, Rotosi Zampe, Brandoski Bananteske, Maketo Kapapalika Brahatoske Banis, Ronde Balia Cambrahatoski Veneska, Jetipalia Deli, Rande de Cacotia Para, Legreto Kevedekelia Cabades, Jete Cato Beles Catale Crahatoskete, Radotosi, Maketo Belis. Rodoskita, redodosita hande, rodikate kato kabapalia kadaboskaba. Jesus be glorified. Every child is shielded. Every child is defended. Every child is protected from the contamination of the world, from the contamination. I'm praying my own prayers, pray your own. I'm praying my own prayers, pray your own. In the name of Jesus, I shield everyone. I shield everyone. I shield them. I seal you again. I seal you again. I seal you again. Marked for a difference. Marked for a difference. Marked for a difference. Your life is Goshen. Your life is Goshen. Your life is Goshen. You find peace. You find tranquility. You find peace. You find tranquility. In the name of Jesus, you find joy. You find comfort. You find provision. In the name of Jesus. Everyone represented here. Everyone listening today. In the name of Jesus. The arms of the Lord is stretched out for you. The arms of the Lord is stretched out for you. In the name of Jesus. Your entire generation is exempted. 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 Exempted, 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 exempted in the name of Jesus. Rado Shapantelekedia. We draw upon the grace upon your servant. We draw upon the grace of your upon your servant this morning. As he has declared, that is what exactly our experience will be. We agree. Testify for yourself. Say, Lord, I agree. Everything Daddy has prayed about today, I agree. Every declaration today, I agree. Every declaration over the past 40 days. I agree. I say, Lord, let it be. That was the difference between Mary and Zechariah. Let it be according to how you have spoken. Let it be. Let it be. Let my life be a theater for the expression of everything your servant has declared. Everything your servant, your Holy Ghost, everything you have said concerning us. Let my life be that theater where everything is seen. Every blessing is seen. Every promotion is seen. Every elevation is seen. Every goodness is Sin Laco Parote Cabande Gedia Meruska Bambeleto Brahanto Feletia Maske Jote Brana Sita Yacoke Licambala Tabre O Lambreto Sima Rado de Gedigaruski Genemosiam Brato Siketaya O Lacrahando Scaba Yellow Rita Mahandes. We give you glory, we give you glory. We give you glory. Rado Shete, Madezede, Magedebe, Ligedi Baruske, Mambrato Ziotosi, Zambrahantos Yakoboske. Oh, we give you glory. Oh, we give you glory. Glory to Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, as your servant has already blessed our communion. We just agree with what he has said. And we say, be it unto us as it has been said. In the name of Jesus. This bread is blessed and this wine is blessed. And we are blessed as we partake of it. In the name of Jesus. Every family unit represented here. 
Aya kuprahatos keveli kaira patos kipals. Zeto kate ligande ketu brandos keti ya kuprata kaveli skita ante brandos kepai. Zeto kaprotos ya kapa. We reject the lot of Reuben. In the name of Jesus. We reject the lot of Reuben. He had everything. Beginning of strength, excellency of might. He said, but you will not excel. That will not be the portion of anyone here. In the name of Jesus. I pray for every firstborn. Born or yet unborn. In the name of Jesus. The double portion of grace. Double portion of the flow that you are joined to. In the name of Jesus. Let the grace of God be evident in our lives. Let it not just be by just what we say. Let it be the life that we live. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for helping us these 40 days. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. Thank you because we march forward and the rest of this year will be answered prayers at every turn. In the name of Jesus. I say again that the principle of exemption will work for us both ways. We're exempted from troubles. We're exempted from sorrow. We're exempted from tears. But we belong to the exclusive club of those that God has helped. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.